What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Masters of Community podcast. My name is David Spinks, founder of CMX and VP of Community at Bevy. Each week, I bring you an expert who will help you take your community to the next level. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's dive into today's episode. Today's interview is with Derek Anderson. He's the co-founder of Startup Grind, which is one of the largest communities for startups in the world. They built their own product to be able to scale up their community, their local chapter program, and spun that out into its own SaaS product called Bevy. And Bevy is a company that ultimately bought CMX, the community that I started. And so we talk all about his story and his journey of building Startup Grind from the ground up, where it started with just 10 people at an event. And now there's over a million members and over 600 chapters around the world. A pretty incredible story in the early days of Silicon Valley and community-driven businesses. We talk about how he ultimately decided to spin out the product that they built into its own SaaS product, something that I think a lot of communities and companies will try to do, but not always be successful. And we talk about the acquisition and how it felt from his end to acquire a community like CMX and why that was important to him. And we talk about the importance of values and how values are a really critical part in helping you scale your community. There's lots of practical advice in this one. Derek's a really thoughtful community builder and startup founder. You're going to get a ton out of it. Let's dive in. Derek, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We've been meaning to do this one for a while. We get to talk to each other every week, at least once, usually multiple times a week. But I'm not sure. We've done interviews before. I'm not sure if we've done a full-on podcast like this in the past. Uh, yeah, for sure not. Um yeah, I think one of the the most awesome things about getting CMX in the Bevy family has been just the ability. I used to like try to find excuses to talk to you before the acquisition, and um, now it's easy to get you. You're just a Slack message away. <laughs> well, I'm honored. That was a, a good decision, I guess. Then, um, so so yeah, we I want to talk about the acquisition and and uh, your story with Startup Grind, and there's lots of things that we want to cover. So um, why don't we just kick off with a bit of an introduction for those who don't know you about who you are and what was your journey to get to where you are today? I uh, live in Palo Alto, California. My wife and I have uh, four children, uh, ages three to 11. I grew up in Tampa, Florida, and uh, lived in a lot of different places around the world, ultimately ending up in the Bay Area for an internship to work for Electronic Arts in uh, in 2005 and then sort of realized oh I'm in Silicon Valley this is a this is a good place I should stay here and uh, and so I've been been here ever since and been I, I left in 2009 and started building products and uh, starting you know different companies most of which were hugely unsuccessful uh, but I started a community called Startup Grind where we help educate startups and entrepreneurs and that's uh, that's something that is used and and participated in around the world now. And then I have more recently co-founded a software company called Bevy, and uh, we built a product to scale our community. And we eventually productized that, and now it's used by companies like Google and Salesforce, Atlassian, Adobe, Snowflake, and many others. I didn't know you were from Tampa originally. Actually, I think I thought you were from Utah. Being from Florida is is to all of a sudden turned out to be a really cool thing for tech people. There's apparently all these tech people that have moved to Florida and they're building a tech scene down there. I'm shocked. 
because historically Tampa, where I'm from, like my, I'm like a hundred years of Tampa blood in me. It's like this business scam capital of America, but apparently, it's a like business scam capital. Yeah, like every every letter you ever get in your mailbox, where you're like, oh, this is a scam. Just look at it. It's always from a business in Tampa. <laughs> And so, like, I just never thought that, like, it never even occurred to me, like, tech would have, like, some sort of moment in Florida. But if if you believe Twitter, it's, like, in the mayor of Miami, like, it's happening right now. Yeah, I just saw a tweet about Miami being, like, the new startup hub, the new Silicon Valley of sorts. I mean, may- maybe. <laughs> it, it, it's got a lot of connections to, like, um, like Central and, and South America tech ecosystems as well, right? Yeah, I mean, the Cuban population across Florida, but specifically in Southern Florida, is huge. I mean, Florida is a place that a lot of people have a connection to that don't have a connection to it. And so everybody knows somebody that lives in Florida. I think Magic Leap was like the big, uh, you know, was the big startup mm-hmm. in Florida for a long time. It's, I don't know that it's even around anymore. But Did they ever release a product? No, I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, no. Um, looks, they have a lot of really nice pictures, though. I don't know. Everywhere but California right now is like claiming to be the place for everybody to start a company or to, you know, build something. And and if you talk to somebody in Austin, it's all happening in Austin and Salt Lake City. It's happening in Salt Lake City and Idaho. Like it's everywhere is hot except for here. So I don't know. Happy to be here. But yeah, well, I guess that's interesting, too, because you have a unique perspective on that. Having started Startup Grind and, you know, you've seen startup ecosystems pretty intimately all over the world, all over the country, do you find that the kind of hubs of tech and startups has kind of redistributed from being very centralized in Silicon Valley to now, you know, lots of other places being very strong hubs in their own right? About five or six years ago, Steve Blank, the co-founder of AOL, started this program called Rise of the Rest, where he would take a bus to different cities across America and I was on some of those bus tours. I, I'm not really sure how I got on the bus tour, but I was like one of the groupies on the tour. And it was amazing to me to just see the obvious talent in these different places and the obvious under-resourced companies and, and opportunities. And so I think that really, and that whole message around like three states in the United States get 90% of the venture capital funding. It's Massachusetts, New York, and in California. And and also, you know, we know from a diversity perspective, the vast majority of that funding goes to white males. And so there's just been an awakening and there has been a renaissance to, I mean, I, I think Salt Lake City, where I went to school in Utah, which is why you thought I was from there, you know, they've had more IPOs than than New York. You know, I mean, there there are these places that where people just want to live. It's a better place to live. It's a better place to raise your family. And it's cheaper and more affordable. And so there are great people that live in those places. And why can't they build great companies? Like you don't have to live on a coast to build a great company. And that's now, everybody basically universally accepts that now. Whereas 10 years ago, it was almost heresy for most Silicon Valley investors to say, I'll fund somebody outside of the Valley that I can't drive to their office and and see what's going on any time of day. Mm. And now with all these companies going, you know, remote and virtual, uh, that's just going to continue to accelerate that trend, I think. Totally, totally. And that, and the criticism of those was companies like Ogmatic and GitLab, that, that, that it, it wouldn't scale. Like what big company was ever like fully remote? It's like, well, it's just kind of a new thing. So it just takes time. And now you see 
Drew Houston from um, Dropbox, see of Dropbox moving to Texas. You see, obviously, Elon Musk this week moved to Texas. It's becoming. I know I'm. Sh- I'm sure people grumble and say, "Hey, they they just don't want to pay California taxes." I'm sure that's part of it, but there's something bigger happening, and there's just better places to live than, frankly, than where we live in Northern California, and that's that's a good thing to distribute opportunity across a broader set and diverse set of people. I mean, it's, it's ultimately, it's a good thing for the world. So we should all embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to learn more about how Startup Grind first got started. I know a lot about, you know, what it looks like today, but I actually don't know what the original story is. Were you still at EA when you started Startup Grind or was it after? No, I, I quit uh, in about August of 2009 and I just, started trying to figure my way through the dark and I was attending events and I was, you know, trying to get business and I was hustling and trying to make money. And, and I started attending events. I started getting really frustrated by them because I was sitting in the crowd and yeah, I remember one, one event in particular, I sat next to somebody and, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I hadn't had any startup success, but like I'd done some cool things at EA and I was sitting next to them and he, he was kind of like, so so, what are you working on? Like, what's your startup? And I was like, well, I don't really have one. I'm figuring it out. But I was at EA and he, and he just totally shut off. Like the light yeah. went off. And I was like... You are not like, valuable to me, sir. Yeah, you you are a waste of my time. <laughs> and I was just like, man, that is so lame. And so like this is kind of in the back of my head. And then going into the beginning of 2010, a friend of mine said, hey, I, I've wanted to host some events and like just bring some of my friends together. And I was like, man, I, I've been kind of thinking about the exact same thing. And so uh, in February of 2010, we just hosted an event in my office. And I talked about a product I had just launched, you know, with some TechCrunch coverage and people were there looking at it and we went through it and they were brainstorming and like whiteboarding. And that was it. It was like nine people. We had pizza, like, you know, it was, it was in Mountain View right near Google's headquarters. And it was pretty inconsequential except for it was good enough to do again. And so we were like, that was cool. Let's just do it next month and see what happens. Like it's a good excuse to, you know, to, to hang out with, with some cool people. And who were those first 10 people? Were they just like randoms that signed up or did you personally invite them? I mean, a couple of them were from the product that I was working on and we, I was building the little startup that I had at the time. My friend was an, an engineer at Apple and he had left. And so he invited a couple of sort of ex Apple colleagues to join and then a couple of other random, you know, just entrepreneurs or, you know, not, not, or just people in big companies that were interested in ideas. And so, you know, that was it. It was just kind of nine friends, some of his and some of mine. Got it. Cool. So pretty intimate people kind of already in the network and you just got together without, sounds like there wasn't even a ton of necessarily like facilitation or intention of like, we're going to have this very unique experience at this event. It was just like, let's get some good people together and have a conversation. I mean, that's what is always the magic to me personally of Startup Grind. I still see it as just every good thing that comes from Startup Grind is a gift because it should never have been anything. I don't take, I like if, if Startup Grind ended today, uh, which hopefully I'll get an email about if it does, <laughs> Like it, I would feel totally satisfied with it. Like I just, there was no intention for it to be some big thing. It was just, let's get good people together. If something good happens, great. If it doesn't, we'll probably never do it again. And thankfully it did. And and we just started meeting after that every month. And, you know, maybe six people showed up the next one or seven or eight. And then we 
we had 10 and then we had we invited a speaker to come one of my friends came in this venture capitalist came and spoke about 100 million dollar in revenue companies none of us could comprehend anything about what he was saying but it was cool and 20 people showed up at that one and and then you know it just kind of ebbed and flowed and uh it was good every month. So we did it the next month. And and I think we learned from each event and iterated and made it a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know, at each event. Okay. So, so you're running these events. These are all in Silicon Valley at the time? Yes. Yes. How did it start to expand to other cities? So in the fall of 2011, it's fast forwarding a, a long ways, but we like started to get a lot of traction. We would have three, 400 RSVPs. We sort of got known for <laughs> the highest quality free event in the valley. It was always free. It was always free originally. Yeah. Okay. And I had this person that attended and said, "Hey, I love." He walked up to me and he's like, "I love the values. I love the community aspect. Like, I want to do this in LA." And I just kind of laughed at him because I was like, "That's honestly, that's a terrible idea." <laughs> and he was like, no, like, I'm like, there must be 20 of these. And he's like, no, there's not, there's none. There's nothing like this. This is so special. And we did these fireside chats, which does not sound unique at all right now, but I don't know. It was like, we wouldn't do panels. We, we were like militant about not allowing panels. We were militant about different, like things that hadn't worked or things that seemed like not a thoughtful experience for the for the attendees and the users and and mm-hmm. and so anyways this guy convinced me like we should do it in LA I flew down for the first event I got my friends to speak that were running a company we hosted it there and it was like the first event at Start right in Silicon Valley it was the same thing it was like people loved it there's nothing like this there's all this positive feedback and so from there it was like okay like maybe we should try and find a way to formalize this at the same time like this is literally costing us money every single month. So, you know, is there some sort of business model here? So we started charging for tickets and we started, you know, selling sponsorships and stuff at that point. And so you, um, you ran it for a year without making any money on it? Two years. Two years without just, just doing free events. Paying for everything. Yes. Wow. Why? That's, that's kind of a question I asked myself a lot uh, <laughs> back then. It was a positive way for me to learn. Honestly, like there's some really selfish things about startup grind that are kind of the value proposition. There was like a value proposition for me as the organizer, value proposition for the speakers and value proposition for the attendees. And like I needed to get educated and I needed to learn. And these people that I could get to do an interview with me would never meet with me. Mm -hmm. And so I I sort of selfishly said like I've got to learn and grow. And like if I can, the speaker would come because I'd get 100 people to learn with me. But, you know, like eventually it became a pretty serious financial burden because I like I didn't have any money. We're paying for 500 people to eat food every month. You're paying for food, too? Yeah, yeah. We have. Yeah, yeah. We had food and my goodness. I don't know. Water bottles. Uh, It wasn't like it wasn't nice. It wasn't good pizza. I mean, were you just paying for this out of pocket? Yeah. Yeah. It was just and we would film the videos like we I mean, there was, you know, we'd get a video crew. We'd buy the food. We sometimes have to rent a venue. And sometimes, you know, we'd have people that would attend and be like, Hey, I, I feel so bad for you. I love these. Like, I'll just let me get the food next time. Right. And I was like, Oh, thanks. That's really nice of you. And then I'd like announce them as an angel investor at the next event and they get swarmed <laughs> by people. But you know, it just, it just had like, it had some magic. It had something. And I was talking to an advisor of mine and 
I was telling about the company I was working on. It wasn't working. And he was like, dude, I don't know about that thing you're building because like you're pouring all your time and energy into that. But like the startup grind thing that you're doing once a month, like it's actually pretty cool. And people seem to really like it. And you're not really like doing that. You're not really trying. So then from that conversation, I was like, I started spending like five days or 10 days a month on it. And that's where we started adding other cities. And and it kind of organically, you know, started to take off. So it would be like another person will come to another event and just say like, I want to start this in this other city. And and so you just started saying yes to that, basically. I start proactively asking. And oh, cool. since Silicon Valley is a melting pot of, of the world or ha- the tech world or has been, you know, I would say, hey, if you're from a different city, like come up and let's talk. We want to do it in your city. And all the early ones were basically me essentially begging people to do it. I had this this guy named Sun Lathane walk up to me and say, hey, I'm from Singapore. I, I enjoyed this event. And he's like, I'm like, oh, cool. What are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm doing something at Stanford. I took a, a cab from Stanford to get here because this event looked really cool. And I was like, oh, wow. Like he took a cab. This is like pre-Uber. Like, he took a cab from Stanford. That's like $40. Like, and he's here and he's like, seems like a nice person. I'm like, dude, you're perfect to run Startup Grind in Singapore. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I don't even, you know, he you know, didn't. I immediately regret saying hi. And then I'm like, I'll drive you home. Like, and I'm just pitching him. And then he became like, I mean, he was like our chapter director of the year the next year. And 